This is episode 92 of Cooldown Time. In this episode, it's time for some revisionist history as we re-rank the top 10 best games of 2013 in 2023. Plus, is The Last of Us TV show really that good? And what the hell is happening over at Xbox and 343? We'll get into all of that, and then some, this week. So let's introduce your two-man panel for the show, I'm your graphically impressive host, Marco, and joining me is the technical mess and newly clean-shaven co-host of the show, Pablo. Pablo, I got mad at you earlier, because you didn't send me no... You, see, a courtesy text would have been helpful yeah. to let me know that I was going to see Bareface today. Yeah, yeah. So so why why did you do that to me? What's going on with you, man? Well, I was too busy uh, sending you multiple links about bullshit. Uh, before sending you something, does. before sending you something that you probably should have been warned about. I, mean, I feel, uh, I feel like a new man. No, I'm kidding. I hate it. Um, I shaved my beard for. I just felt like my face was dry. And I needed to get rid of it. It's been a couple of years since I did it. My son is, my son is also in his like teething phase, so he's drooling like a monster, putting his face, his hands on my face, and mm. I was like, I gotta get rid of it. As soon as I did, I felt, I felt like a child. Um. You look vulnerable right now. You look yeah, like you feel ch- very vulnerable. Weirdly enough, I didn't know that beard multiplies chins. That's, yes, it does. Um, yeah, yep. beard, yeah, so now I have a, what looks like, um, like it's like my chin is, is 3DS, chin 3DS um, right now. Um, but how, did your, that, how, did, how did your wife respond to this? What, what was she her reaction? She hates it. Uh, she Ugh. hates it because... Um, she uh, just she likes the beard. She she just likes some kind of facial hair on my face. Maybe it's just like it's mm. the natural makeup of it all. She just sees me in my all natural, and she's like wow. disgusting. Yeah. Um, no, no, no. I just she she doesn't mind it. I think she 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 likes either or, but I think she prefers the beard, even though she won't say so. But yeah. I, I at the very least, I'll grow a five o'clock shadow by Sunday, so mm. we'll, we'll be good then. Right. Uh, no, don't, don't shave there. your way into a divorce, sir. Please don't. No, no. When's the last time you shaved, by the way? Because we're bearded uh, dudes. Uh, your beard is a little more mighty than mine, just to say that much. I, I'm, I'm a little patchy, mm. uh, but uh, how, when's the last time you shaved? Because I, I, I can't remember. The, the last time I saw that you had no facial hair, you were 12. I think that's the last time I saw you without facial hair. I believe uh, you're accurate as far as the, uh, <laughs> the timelines there. Last time I shaved was no. Uh, okay, good, good. Basically, I've, I mean, I trim it down a little bit, but then I noticed, I noticed the double chin syndrome going on yeah. too. Oh, I got to grow this bitch back out. I can't, yeah. I can't have this. This is a scary yeah, sight. I, I, I I have a, I'm very like I, I get very bored about with things very easily. So my facial hair configurations, my hair do haircuts, they change all the time. But I at the very least keep some kind of facial hair on my shit. This time I did none of that. Uh, but it mm. is what it is. Getting ready for the new year, <laughs> slipping into these new games. Uh, 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 I'm kind of like just rubbing myself down, all right. lathering myself up. We're not going to so lather, can, rub, so I or can slip. Penetrate <laughs> these games, engage right. in these games easily. That's better. All right, yeah. man. That that got uncomfortable uh, more than your face was. 
<laughs> oh my god uh so i'll get the show back on track ladies and gentlemen don't you worry uh great episode lined up though we have lots of new stuff to talk about including some new games including some pretty interesting headlines a lot of layoffs and our favorite 10 games of 2013 10 years later uh so if you like mm. the sound of that if you don't mind some disheveled dads and double chins, give our show a sub. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and even our official website at cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive at its cooldown time to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. And by the way, Pablo, speaking of how we're looking, we got a new look. Got a new logo, new art style, new designs, ladies and gentlemen. So hopefully it's a nice upgrade for you. If not, don't give a but um, Jesus, <laughs> I don't know why I got aggressive like that. It's been a tough week. Really it's been, it's been a bit yeah. of a challenge for your boy. Uh, but ne- nevertheless, new look, uh, same old bullshit as you can clearly tell. Uh, and speaking of our bullshit, let's get right into the bullshit with the first segment of the show that we call loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. All right, homie. So uh, we got some new games uh, coming out. Oh, yeah. um, well, some new, some old, but new again. But nevertheless, uh, the 2023 onslaught uh, begins with Fire Emblem Engage. Uh, Pablo, both you and myself have been playing this game for a little while. Uh, Got some first impressions, but I want to kick it over to you first. Um, As somebody who has been uh, kind of discovering an untapped love of RTS games lately, um, Mm -hmm. how is Fire Emblem Engage hitting you so far? And what are your initial takeaways? Yeah, I mean, um, I so far, uh, I, I have to say that Fire Emblem Engage is just everything I kind of wanted uh, from another one of those uh, strategy RPGs. Uh, it's 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 complex. It can be complex. You know, it has that really cool triangle um, triangle thing where it's like swords beat axe, axe beat spears, and spears beat swords kind of thing. And rock paper and scissors that kind out, of thing. Yeah. yeah, rock paper scissors, Rochambeau, if you will. Uh, and nope. if uh, <laughs> okay, then don't will at all. Then, uh, <laughs> but if you, uh, but if you, uh, it, it, it seems super easy. But I think once you're on the field, then you'll see that you know maybe you're not equipped enough or don't have the equipment to really kind of uh, take on the battle the way you would want to, and kind of have to redirect uh, your strategy. I, I love. Kind of that stuff like that on uh, in the moment kind of stuff. Um, I am early on, so I can't really talk too much about the story uh, and how exactly that is. I know Three Houses story was was particularly interesting. I, I, I like the whole uh, picking your school, your class, and all that. There's not a lot of that here. You are these the dragon. What is it they call him? The dragon. Uh, the divine uh, one or the, the dragon. The divine blood dragon. Something, something the divine like dragon. That, yeah. Yeah, and so you woken up a thousand years later to take on this specific evil. It's pretty kind of like, it's 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 part for the course for these kind of games. Uh, but the the twist here is that you have these uh, uh, engaged these rings that bring back older people from the Fire Emblem world. You got your Marth, your Roy's, all those guys uh, show up here. Uh, I, I think this I, I think this is the p- part of the game that's going to probably not hit me as hard as uh, Fire Emblem fans because I know Marth and I know Roy uh, and I know those guys from Smash, but. I don't. The way they're introducing the game, they really want you to be like, "Holy shit balls!" Yeah, and and not only that, but a lot of these characters uh, come from games that never made it to the U.S. Oh, okay, yeah. The, so some 12, of it is just they can't total, be helped yeah. anyway. 
Yeah, so, but other than that, just the pure gameplay of it, I, my complaint a lot with, with, uh, with specifically Midnight Suns was I love the social aspect of it, but it did wear thin. Uh, there is some social social modes here in, in terms of, like, talking to people in, in the castle, but it's so, it's so kind of like, it is not necessary, um, and that's nice because you the game is rushing you into combat almost immediately. Mm-hmm. So I, I and I love that about that because it, when it's all said and done, that's kind of where I'm getting the most uh, fun out of these games. It's it's just really in there uh, and playing uh, and battling it out, uh, and I'm enjoying it so far. I I, I um, had to peel myself away from another game in order to play this, and I'm glad I did because I, I I was really looking forward to engage, but Persona Four Golden kind of uh, gotten by the nads unexpectedly, but um, yeah, we'll yeah, talk man, about that. I, mm. Yeah, we'll talk about that next. But yeah, I'll, I'm definitely going to uh, keep playing this. Um, I, I played the shit out of Three Houses. By the way, I went ahead and didn't do Permadeath. Um, mm. I just, I, 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 Three Houses did Permadeath, and I came away disappointed, not because I lost people, but because when you lose somebody, it was kind of like. Nobody gave a shit. It, it wasn't really implemented into the story, and knowing that the story here isn't as uh, isn't as like isn't in, in depth as it is in Three Houses, I just went ahead and did away with the permadeath stuff and just kind of wanted to play the game for the combat. And I'm glad that I did. I don't have to get nervous on the field for for uh, for no reason. Yeah, um, yeah. But I yeah, agree h- with how's that. your experience with Fire Emblem Gate so far? Yeah, it's been good. I put about two and a half hours in so far. Um, I I started off with the mail version of the the lead but i thought his voice acting was was really awful so i actually switched to the female one and i'm having a way better time kind of getting invested in what's going on she's much more emotive and i think it's it's just better performance uh by far so i went with her Hmm? usually the case yeah typically i mean you know fire emblem doesn't usually have this much voice acting though for the mains so that's a bit different at all actually yeah Yeah. Yeah. i mean other than just like you know little quips when they're on the field but um, so once I kind of tested that out, I, I committed to the female version of, uh, of the character and, um, I've been off to the races. I mean, you know, I, I agree that I really like the fact that this game doesn't waste a lot of time getting you in the mix with the combat and just kind of learning the ropes. Um, it does have some introductory exposition as to what's going on in the world and all these different factions and such uh, to give you the lay of the land, uh, in some cases, literally. And uh, it doesn't really waste a lot of your time. I, I do think that the storytelling, while um, it's fine, it's not, you know, you know, a revelation. It's not anything like over the top great, but um there is a, a certain something that happens early in the game that's kind of serving as a catalyst uh, for what happens later that I thought they really blew past too quickly. Um, and there wasn't anything very ceremonious about what happened after the fact. It's yeah. just like, well, that happened. All right. Well, you're in control now. Time to lead the troops. And it's like, oh. It just, oh. It, it just kind of <laughs> felt like, um, yeah, it just felt like it happened. And then everybody it's like was off like, off screen, some things happen. And yeah. it's like, well. And then it was like, all right, that's it. We're just going to yeah. go ahead and move on to the next thing. I was like, so that leads me to believe that maybe something else is happening. Maybe we'll get some more uh, clarification. Yeah. But yeah, that's could, weird. Yeah. Hopefully, because that was yeah. that was a bit jarring for me. Um, but yeah. I have to say, I think the combat system feels great so far. Uh, it definitely feels like a step above uh, three houses. I love the fact oh, that they got sure. rid of 
the dude the um the breakable weapons from three houses got on my last nerve it just became yep. a collectathon of weapons everywhere and, and this this does away with that in a way that i'm very relieved about because that just wasn't fun after a while um i'm actually of the camp that likes that they tone down a lot of the socializing from three houses that, that seems to be what a lot of the reviews are dinging it for where it's like oh you know they took away things so it's stripped back well maybe it's more of like cutting out the fat in in some people's opinion and i think that's kind of where i am not to say that it wasn't fun in three houses i think it just got overwhelming because there's three different groups in in three houses of course and you know several people within each one and so you're just constantly you know giving gifts to everybody and socializing with everybody and cooking with everybody and it it, it got so far in the way of like genuinely going out and doing battle that i i appreciate this game much more for just kind of prioritizing combat and, first and socializing second and i agree because i have to give credit to uh to fire emblem for you know kind of doing something different with the next game because i and i hate mm-hmm. to go to this real quick but like persona 4 i'm shocked how similar it is to 5 you know i because i have no experience with those games so the fact that 5 is so similar to 4 and the kind of the same structure I, it's impressive and, and it's a it's a big you're taking a big chance by yep. taking everything you've built with three houses and then kind of doing away with that and then doing its own thing here and maybe they'll go back to it eventually maybe that you know maybe the next game will have that but i like that it feels different i'm not going into the same structure having to pick a house having to you know i, I like that i like that it's i don't i'm not expecting the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and that's and that's a, and that's a breath of fresh air for sure yeah i'd rather them not shoehorn the exact same thing every game just because they did it once you know like it's yeah. okay to you know take it back a notch and it doesn't to me, it doesn't detract anything from the game. You know, I think I it, if it if it's all for the sake of telling with the kind of story they wanted to tell or being a more focused game, then you know, I'm I'm totally okay with that. I'd rather them do that than not than just you know create three factions every game just for the sake of creating three factions, and then you know you have to play the game four times like you did in three houses to get the true ending. Like th- that's a lot to ask for. You know yeah. what I mean? And I barely remember much much about that story anyway. So it wasn't like it was super memorable back then either. It was cool. But it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't crazy stuff. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I mean, overall, I I don't have a lot of gripes with this game so far. Um, I'm definitely enjoying it a lot. I'm really eager to get to know a lot of the characters uh, in particular uh, and just how much they integrate a lot of these um, these emblems from, you know, the characters from the past games and kind of what they bring to the table. I'm I'm so mentally used to seeing so many of these people in Smash that I'm like, oh, shit, you talk. (laughs) You say words. Yeah. And I love and I. And I like how the game opens up to uh, slight, just quick, slight spoilers with like Marth right off bat. So it's kind of like the most memorable, or the well, most he's been recognized. in all the trailers anyway. So yeah. that's not much of a so the yeah. most like uh, the most um, recognized Fire Emblem character up front. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, setting it up, setting up what you're about to, to experience is really cool. Uh, yeah. And I will say, last thing. Um, I just read that this game is made off Unity, which is basically a game engine that makes mobile games for the most part. It's the most beautiful game I've ever seen. Running it's off one of Unity. the best looking Switch games I've seen. I mean, yeah. it's not perfect, but it looks pretty. It looks pretty good. really good. Yeah, it especially looks really compared good. to Three Houses. Three Houses looked ugly. Um, yeah, so they, they try to way I, they try to go more of a realistic, I think, approach to Three Houses, mm-hmm. uh, and I and I like the fact that this is a lot more painterly in its approach. I do Absolutely. hate the main character's hair; it's so stupid. Uh, it's like yeah, Twizzlers, people, uh, it is stupid, but a lot of people were like, "This is the dumbest." I mean, I'm, I was like, "You guys, oh, people, really?" That was the thing. People were really mad about that. Yeah, I'm like, "Have you seen I mean, any other anime dumb. ever? This is pretty tame." <laughs> 
the hair is dumb, but it, it ain't it ain't gonna take away my enjoyment of the game. Are you people are wild, bro? Yeah, people it, cannot fickle. have nice things. Yeah, sick of it. Um, let's move on to the next game though that we've been playing, Pablo. And uh, this one, I was curious about how this one was gonna hit you because uh, we yeah. are, of course, talking about Persona Four Golden. Uh, you've said many times on the show you've had history with Persona Five. You just haven't gotten to the finish line with it. Um, I am very curious to hear your thoughts about Persona 4 Gold. And as a newcomer yeah. to it, how is this hitting you? I'm sure the comparing and contrasting is at least on some level happening in your brain about Persona 4 yeah. and 5. So where are you landing with this game so far? Yeah, I'm actually like, according to my save file, like seven hours in, uh, in, in into the game. So I've been playing it because it came out just, what, yesterday? Or, or yeah, just yesterday. Yeah, a couple days ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yesterday, the day before. Yeah, you're right. It might have been the day before. But uh, yeah, I I will say this. I At first, I struggled because this is an older game. Persona 4 came out on PS2. Golden came out on Vita. And the menu systems just didn't look as good or as stylish or as mm-hmm. clean as they did in 5. And this game is very, obviously, structurally... Um, similar to to that of of what five does and so i i struggled a little bit because i was kind of comparing contrasting those elements but once i kind of let that melt away and i started kind of focusing on the characters i i i i'm i'm gonna go off i'm gonna go say i i think the characters are are better are way better than the characters in five i think Mm -hmm. they they all have like a comparison uh like like um like uh what's the name yusuke 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 Yosuke is way better than 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 Ryuji. Ryuji is just so annoying to me. Uh, but those are the kind of comparisons you have you have there. Uh, but I, I I like every character so far way more. They ha- they have especially the girls. They have a lot more personality. They have a lot more drive. They're not like An, who's just kind of like I'm a girl, like and mm-hmm. I'm pretty, like you know. And it, obviously that becomes a story in five, and sure. that evolves into something else. But it, there's they don't really take advantage of, of, of that kind of stuff. In, in, in this and then I, I actually find the story to be a lot more interesting um, it's it's just it's doing things that I feel are a little bit more maybe not as serious uh, as the opening of five with basically sexual misconduct uh, maybe I mean it does there are there is there is that in this game but just kind of just the opening mystery of a serial killer and and, mm-hmm. and, and going into that and, and then like the the interesting and weird thing about going into the the killers are throwing people into the like this other world through the TV and and how these things are kind of like evolving and how your reality becomes the reality of the world. It's the little things like that are really like fucking dope and I I I am enjoying this way more off rip than I did five. I, I five eventually I got into it. I mean, 120 hours into five, uh, just overall never finished the game. Uh, but Persona Four for me just feels a lot better to me in, in every way uh and, and not necessarily in its in its uh action or its uh or its combat because i do feel again it's such a visually arresting game five is to mm. compare that with four it does leave a little bit to be desired um but i'm fully invested in four and four i i think persona uh even though i didn't finish i think the series with five and now mm. playing four they're among the best jrpgs ever made the reason i didn't start with three was because 
It's a lot older, and also they're remaking three. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought to myself, I'll just, I'll just wait for that. If they're doing it this way, but I, I like it. I, I do. I, I said I put out a tweet that I said that this game was like painterly big head mode because uh, when you're playing <laughs> moment to moment gameplay, yeah. these guys have like the biggest heads. But I like it. I, I actually dig the style. I like the the music. It isn't Persona Five music. It isn't jazz fusion. It's its own kind of like, uh, like, uh, like like almost rock you know like kind of like just uh free rockabilly rock i like that kind of shit so it's it's kind of dope man i it's 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 not what i expected I, I definitely expected to turn it on and dabble and you know make my way uh out the the door and and, and mm. to engage and i had to peel myself away from four uh, i i really enjoyed i'm really enjoying so far what i'm playing and i i don't know if i can just stop playing it so it's it's hey, gonna man, be play tough. how you play yeah 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 Listen, man, um, you know, coming back to Persona 4 Golden um, is really interesting. And I think for a lot of people, it's going to be a lot like your experience, because for for most people, Persona 5 is like the Final Fantasy 7 of Personas. It's the one that that broke into the mainstream. It's the one that people associate them, you know, okay, that's Persona for me um, first, because it's many people's entry point. Persona 4 Golden, to me, I think if you really get past the the aesthetic not being as cool as Persona 5, um, I think that an argument can be made to what you're making a point about of like the story and the characters and even just the overarching um, premise of the game being more of a murder mystery than um, kind of changing the hearts of shitty adults you know like yeah, the, yeah. it's 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 so much more than that in this game i really like the theme of kind of like self-reflection um that they that they tap into with with uh you know with the yeah. characters and the shadow you know self. that the side of yourself that you you know you don't show everybody but the things you're you know that you're feeling on the inside and kind of embracing that that's part of who you are um they really tap into that in a, in a pretty profound way that i think still holds up very well considering that this this is a game that launched on PlayStation 2, uh, which is it's insane to think about that, right? Like, it was cool because it's almost like a neat little throwback. They all have flip phones, and they're like, flat screen TVs are all the rage. And it's yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it it's was. It's a pretty, cool, it's it a pretty cool throwback. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I just like the overall vibe of this game. I think that the world building is, is phenomenal. Um, I like the little things they do, the subtle touches, um, you know, and I even like the parallels that they bring over from game to game, you know, uh, when it comes to the Velvet Room and, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, I think, um, you know, for a lot of people, it's going to be, you know, oh, it'll always be Persona 5 for me. And listen, Persona 5 is one of my top 10 games of all time. But I got to say, coming back to this again and kind of re-experiencing a lot of this stuff, you know, all these years later with the new, you know, uh, with updated performance and stuff like that. Granted, they're not, it's more of a flat-out remaster than it is a remake of any kind. Um, but I think even then, I have found myself really gravitating to this a lot. The only the only downside that I can feel um, isn't the greatest is the dungeon work. Um, being yeah. procedurally generated, it feels a little bit like, okay, I'm just looking at the same hallway, kind of copy and pasted, and now there's a door here instead of a door over there. You know, it, it doesn't feel as, as dynamic and cool as Personas does, but 
um, apart from that, I, I think that this has been an absolute delight, and I've been obsessed with it. So yeah, I, I, this game would have blown me away if I played it on a PS2. Like you got to think, like, it came out like the same generation as Final Fantasy X. Like, can we make yeah. an argument? Maybe yes, we definitely, we absolutely fucking one? can. Yeah, mm-hmm. listen, and I, and I, and going before the game came out, I was going into some like reset eras and and, and people talking about the games and comparing them and contrasting. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like four over five for yeah. the same reasons you said. I, I think the main things about five is just that it just looks cooler. It's it's a newer version of the game. With that being said, um, there's a, a a reset era post saying that there was a rumor uh, about uh, Persona three and six being very far along in development and then will be announced this summer. So I'm definitely looking forward to that um, to see yeah. how Persona's how, how cooking six right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm interested to see if they make any like real changes to six. If six is really kind of like, you know, we got the attention of, uh, of the people with five. Let's see if we can really make something that's 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 similar but different. Because I I I don't know if, how much I can take of another, co- not copy paste concept, but you know, kind of going day to day school. I mean, I know that's always gonna be part of Persona's DNA, but mm-hmm. I want to see how 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 they change that up just a little bit, if if if, if at all, you know. Yeah, I wouldn't hold your breath on that part um, unless they go real crazy. Um, but you know, they are a trendsetter, so you never know. Um, yeah. they, I, mean, they I, could, I like the they school throw, thing. I, yeah. yeah, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, but that is going to do it, uh, Pablo, for loadouts this week. Up next is the new segment of the show that we call Hit Points. Let's go. For breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, so we got four news items that we're going to work oh, through yeah. here. And uh, Pablo, let's go ahead and just start off with the big one um, with our friends at Microsoft. Microsoft, Pablo, has joined many other companies lately that have laid off uh, several thousand employees with Microsoft <laughs> over 10,000. Uh, mm-hmm. across all divisions, including Xbox, Bethesda, 343 Industries, and even the Coalition. Uh, Pablo, we don't really know the full scope of the layoffs just yet, but we have heard some information and rumors about the extent of the damage over at 343 Industries in particular and what it might mean for Halo. So what we've been hearing um, is that they have lost around a third of their staff. Uh, we also found out around the same time that Joseph Staten, Halo's lead and head of creative, has also walked from the studio as well. And he's I think he's working for Xbox Publishing now or something like that. Yeah, he so used to work at Xbox Publishing. Then he got hired away from publishing to help mm-hmm. you know save Infinite, and then he's back at publishing is, yeah. is, the, is what's happening. Well, the regime of, of, of Staten is over, regardless. Uh, as a result... Pablo, Halo Infinite's multiplayer is uh, the main focus for the studio with seasonal content, Forge, and possibly Project Tatanka, which is the uh, long-rumored Royale mode uh, being the priorities for the studio now. However, uh, Jason Schreier chimed in to state that the rumors about all the canceled single-player content are untrue because there was no plans to make them in the first place. Um, all that, uh, I guess all that campaign team was really doing was just working on potential bug fixes for the vanilla campaign, but there was really nothing off the ground, uh, for additional single player content, um, that he is aware of. Uh, the rumor also suggested though, that 343 will essentially turn into a facilitator of the Halo IP for other studios that will work on multiplayer projects like certain affinity or Spearsoft or other, uh, future Halo projects in general. Uh, but Jason Schreier has... Uh, 
has heard contradictory news from his inside sources about those kinds of details. So, you know, Pablo, there's a lot of stuff that we know. There's a lot of stuff that's kind of up in the air, um, different things coming from different sources. Um, I, I think a lot of this is indicating to me, at least, that some of this stuff is just kind of happening in real time, and we just don't know what we don't know right now. But based on the cuts, based on Joseph Staten being gone from the studio, um, and based on what could potentially be refocusing uh, for 343, where are you at with all this, and how is this uh, striking you about not only 343, but the future of Halo? Yeah, I think I think right now uh, Xbox is being very careful with how they're approaching this or talking about it. But I think ultimately, if you look at the details and you look at everything, they've essentially just killed Halo Infinite. Um, you know, yeah, they're gonna keep the multiplayer alive. It's free to play. You know, it, it's it's gonna make them money uh, with the battle passes and all that good stuff. And I think they're really, I think what they're doing is they're really probably going to put all their money into into that battle royale mode i think the future of halo is that mode at least for the foreseeable future um you know i i think um when it comes to what jason Schreier is reporting about the dlc stuff i think he's right in that they never really got off the ground in terms of like creating that stuff because joseph stan came in so late into the game but while the lead up to infinite i I think a lot of kind of the things that they were saying was that this was going to be a platform for a very long time and that Mm -hmm. the story of halo infinite was going to continue one way or the other uh and i i i thought that meant that we'll we'll get dlc stories here and there like almost episodic it's it's that was a rumor at one point but i'm sure they never got that that got off the ground and so i think essentially when you look at everything that that they've done and the way that they've cut the team and who they and who's who they've actually cut the art team is basically gone as well they, there's no more halo infinite to be made it, now it's just going to to support what they can with that with, with whatever they have uh in terms of the DLC and mo- and multiplayer stuff but i don't know how long that'll uh, that'll um that'll last season i know season 3 is coming in about 40 days uh i think that there's a good possibility that could be the last season uh, of halo infinite as 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 a as we know it maybe we launch as something else again as the battle royale stuff i i i think that this is incredibly disappointing i think you know i know there's not much that could have been done in the last couple of years i mean it's not like you could have completely scrapped it you know it was all millions of dollars were into it but it it, it this stems back from molly ross and 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 day one when halo infinite went into production um they uh i think it's pretty obvious with guardians that they don't understand what made halo great um and the, you know i know the multiplayer for halo 5 is is regarded as great and it is it's really good uh but they got in, something happened uh they they Something happened. Something changed, uh, and and it's just doesn't it doesn't feel like Halo anymore. It just it's incompetence throughout, uh, and it's unfortunate, man. Because you know Halo is regardless of what people want to say now and be like, oh, they got Starfield coming and they got other games coming. Halo is the Mario to to Xbox. You know, it's it's what it's it's their mascot, and and sure they can come away from that, but. This is going to be a hard pill to swallow for a lot of people. This is going to be something that's going to be looked at and be like, man, Xbox is really in trouble because you got your... Imagine Nintendo 
flailing and and and, and missing the and missing the the point the, with with Mario. Imagine Mario not being what it is today, about to be one of the biggest movies in, on the planet come April. Uh, highly anticipated game coming this year or next year, probably. Anytime that game is announced, it's like you know people love it. The next Halo to be announced, people are going to be skeptical throughout. They, mm-hmm. they have so much to do to make this better and make this right that it's going to be super difficult for them to 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 accomplish that um yeah this is uh this is kind of it's a big blow i mean i i think i think some xbox pundits and, and fans are kind of downplaying it uh but aesthetically visually just kind of the way it looks from the outside looking in this looks really bad um you know we still haven't seen starfield we still haven't seen uh redfall we still haven't seen the first party games there's nothing in hand right now for me to forget or forgive or even begin to forgive uh, what's going on with Xbox and Phil Spencer, Halo, whatever the case may be with 343. Because, I mean, these layoffs also affected other studios. So it's not like, you know, I guess, damn, if you, I guess it's great that you're part of a huge conglomerate like Microsoft, but also these things happen where now you have to suffer consequences when the big, when Big Daddy is, uh, is also suffering. So uh, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it, it, it's rough right now. I hear the streets for Halo fans and Xbox fans. All if you if I'm being honest, and I think if you're and if if, if you want to downplay that, that's cool. But you're not you're not being honest about what's actually happening. Yeah, I think a lot of people are uh, trying to avoid putting their foot back in their mouth any further than they were last year when yeah. a lot of the other headlines came out about Bonnie Ross leaving and don't worry, Joseph Staten's here. He's the new guy calling the shots. He knows Halo better than everybody. And well, I remember does, us being on, but... we were on this show and I, yeah. I said, how do you bring in a guy from way back in the beginning of Halo to solve modern Halo's problems yeah. when it comes to being a great live service experience? He doesn't know shit about that. He knows Halo 1, 2, and 3. That was a long time ago, fam. So, you know, to me, this whole Joseph Staten's got us covered, you know, energy, I never really understood it. And so, to me, I just think that he was a non-starter, in my opinion. I think he did what he had to do to get Halo Infinite out and in front of people. And I think after that, whether it was because of mismanagement or creative differences, there was just nothing that it seemed like really happened on Joseph Staten's watch that was worth the damn. All we got were problems last year from beginning to end. And now we're kicking off this year, albeit I get it, a lot of other companies out there, Google and so many others, dropping people like flies and everybody's suffering. I get that. But Joseph Staten walked away. He wasn't let go. He walked. And I mean, how many more times are we going to see stories like this come up in, 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 deal with these apologists that say, guys, nothing's, it's fine. You're blowing it out of proportion or to just hand wave it off entirely, especially those Xbox podcasts that are out there that love to do that kind of thing. The reality of the situation is this. Halo is a husk. There's just no way to get around that. Um, Halo, in terms of 343, as presently constructed, is not in a position to make a Halo game. That is what a development team is supposed to be capable of doing. You should be able to have the kind of staff you need to make the kind of games that you want to make. And that's not just for Halo. That's anybody. And they don't have the manpower to to literally make a game right now. They have turned into, as you said, a support studio. And, you know, considering how bad 343 has been, I'm okay with that. I hope they never make another Halo again. 
uh, <laughs> of their own volition. I, I hope that rumor of them facilitating Halo IPs in the future is true. I would love for them to be a, a, the new initiative, um, for, but for Halo games, um, I don't want them touching Halo after this. So I, you know, I hate to be that whole blow it up kind of guy, but um, if it's going to hell in a handbasket, don't stop it. Just just burn it. Burn it all to the ground, and let's let's bring Halo back newer and stronger. Uh, even if that means the ten year plan for Halo Infinite ain't ten years long anymore. I said last year too. I'm like, you know what? How about you just cut cut it off at like 2024? You you get Forge up and running. You let user created content kind of you know fuel you. You put out the Royale, and then you just work on what the fuck you're gonna do after that for Halo afterwards, and and not keep us stuck with Halo Infinite and the bad stigma that comes with that for a decade. Um, yeah. So either way, I mean it it is what it is. Um, you know, I, it, it, people that didn't see this coming, I don't know what you were looking at. Um, I'm just glad that you know. As much as I hate to be an anarchist here, like, let it burn, you know? Yeah, I mean, think with Joseph Staten coming in, like, that was confusing in that they decided to focus on multiplayer, then, you know, and then why make him the head of the studio if that's not really his forte? Like, it, mm-hmm. it, if if you're not going to make more Halo, and I think that's kind of the reason why some people, me, myself included, thought that he was staying on was he wasn't working on infinite. He was working on the next halo, you know, like conceptually, like he was working on what was next because you can't save a game that's already done. Like you, you can maybe make some tweaks to, to make it presentable like he did, but you can't really save an entire game if you had nothing to do with it from day one. So I, my whole th- mindset was he's probably working con- on concepts for the next one uh, and letting the multiplayer team cook. I know certain affinity was really taking mm-hmm. a, a huge uh, chunk of the multiplayer stuff and, and working on it themselves. So that's where my mindset was, but it does make sense that he's no longer there and that they're just not making Halo right now. And, and they, they're not going to, it looks yeah. like, you know, somebody else might, would might have to take the reins on that. Uh, well, you know, so, but this is where I also point at Phil Spencer, right? Because, now, Halo is falling by the wayside. The studio responsible for Halo falling by the wayside. And we have no solution in sight for what Halo you're going to do to take better care of Halo. All we know is the bad news. We have yet to hear a plan for the future of Halo after how bad it's been for well over a year. Phil Spencer has got to start talking. I get it. He's stuck in in the midst of this Activision Blizzard situation. I get that. But at the same time, this is Halo we're talking about here. And if 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 343 is not going to be 343, then you got to tell people what the next 343 is going to be for this for this IP. There's got to be an answer from you. I, if if you're Phil Spencer, something's got to be, be honest done. With you. I, I think that they're trying I think that they're trying to distance away from the stench of infinite enough to where they're not going to talk about it like they kind of almost want Halo to die so it could be born again uh and I don't think they're gonna talk about it which is terrible honestly you know husk but man yeah big husky um <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to the second hit points news item Pablo announcements. Uh, for Final Fantasy's 35th anniversary showcase have allegedly leaked. According to the leak, the showcase will be an hour and 24 minutes long and include the following reveals. 
a Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster promotional video, a Final Fantasy IX remake announcement slated for uh, fall 2023, a Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster announcement, Final Fantasy X-3 reveal, a new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and an announcement uh, about a Final Fantasy XVI presentation coming in March. Uh, that's a lot of announcements. That's a lot of, uh, potential bombshells, Pablo. Pablo, yeah. l- do you believe this? Uh, yes no. or no? And, and if, and, and if we're just, you know, kind of pretending that it is real, what would you think about these announcements, if true? I mean, huge, except, you know, I'm not a fan of, uh, Final Fantasy IX. Uh, that's a weird remake to make. I would just go right to ten. but, um... I would say this. I think that this is a mixture of things that we know about and things that we uh, potentially could be true. For example, obviously, Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters are coming. uh, That's already been announced. Mm -hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy Tactics Remaster has been talked about for many, many years. I think even Jason Schreier has talked about it in terms of knowing that's existence. But shit like Final Fantasy X-3 Reveal... The Final Fantasy IX remake seems more like because they they remastered Final Fantasy VIII, you know, the next one would probably be nine. And then obviously, if we're going to get 35th anniversary, we're going to get Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, you know, um, trailer. And I think that there's already been rumors about the Final Fantasy XVI presentation that's going to happen in March. So I think they're just putting a lot of stuff together. But out of that, um, I would say, you know, I would love to see, because of my newfound love for tactics, or... I would love to see Final Fantasy VII Tactics Remastered. A lot of people talk about it being one of the best tactics games of all time. And the fact that I've never even touched it, let alone uh, been able to, to play it. I don't think you're able, to, you're able to play it at all right now on modern consoles. I would love to see that for sure. I I would think Final Fantasy X-3 uh, Reveal, I would, um, I would like for that to not exist in Burning Hell. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, what... what Clear something up for me, Mar- uh, Marco. Final Fantasy IX, mm-hmm. um, an underappreciated classic, or just another installment in Final Fantasy? Because I, I, I know mm. eight is 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 big with you, and I think a lot of the consensus with eight with the remaster came out that it is an underappreciated classic because it is, it yeah. was so different from seven that people kind of were like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. Um, I love ten with all my heart. I barely remember nine because i i almost feel like while i was playing nine ten came out like it, it, it was like barely a year between those releases if i'm not if i'm if i'm remembering that correctly yeah i so don't remember yeah nine is nine is pretty well well loved uh because it went it kind of went back to the old school sort of aesthetic it, it got you know you compare final fantasy eight to nine you know, you yeah, go yeah. from like a school environment with a emo lead character in many people's eyes to something that's more traditional, that's more um, more of a fantasy, right? So I think a lot of people liked that revert, you know, reverting back to the old kind of whimsical sort of thing. Um, but you know, it, it was still it was still a little bit debatable whether everybody loved it. I, I would definitely say that its mechanics as an RPG were pretty good. Yeah. Um, but again, I think it was more of that like call back to the old school era that I think made a lot of people love it. Um, whereas people that fell in love with the new age Final Fantasies, the sevens and the eights, were kind of like, why, 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 why are we doing this? What's this about? You know? I, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't remember. I know games like um, 
Final Fantasy XII have been appreciated now. I know then they were like hated pretty mm-hmm. strongly, and, and now they're re- being uh, you know hailed as actual good Final Fantasy games. So I was just curious on nine because yeah. I I remember I remember I remember ten coming out like I. I have to look that up because I almost remember like literally nine step ten stepping on nines uh, on nine toes because it was just like it, it just felt so close. But I, mm-hmm. yeah. Other than that, um, these would be huge announcements for Final Fantasy fans. Um, I I would love to see how people react to ten ten three. I don't know if people even I don't know how, I don't even know how people feel about ten uh, about lightning and ten two. I don't know how people feel about that. I know that one didn't didn't ten three didn't ten three become Final Fantasy sixteen. Something like that. I don't know. There was like a lot of weird shit with uh, Final Fantasy 15 projects. There was like a Final Sorry, Fantasy 15, versus 15. 13, and you know, then it changed. And I don't know. There was a lot of there was a lot of fuckery. Is there uh, an Final audience Fan- for the X? Yeah. Hold on one second. Final Fantasy nine and ten are two years apart. Okay. Right. Almost exactly two years apart. For the um, record. Is ten? Is the X is the X twos and are those are the side stories for X uh, for ten? Are those like loved beloved? I, I'm, oh, I'm I don't think look. so. No, Final yeah, Fantasy I, ten two was. People hated that oh, shit, man. right? I mean, they turned they turned everybody into like you know K-pop stars. I yeah, mean, they, Yuna, Yuna was out here dancing. Yeah, uh, she yeah, was I know. I remember that. twerking on stage with a microphone. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe people liked it from like that, you know, waifu kind of perspective. Yeah. Ew, look at you. Um, but you know, look. Okay. First and foremost, I think this is all a crock of fresh squeezed booty juice. We're about to um, find out. I don't think it's. I don't think this is true. I think this this reads to me like somebody came up with a bunch of dumb shit and then sprinkled in a bunch of stuff that sounds realistic to kind of yeah. make it seem legit. Um, I would be stunned if this was reality. Um, the Pixel Remaster, yeah, that makes sense. The Final Fantasy IX Remake, stop right there. Um, I think that would be a wild because we're not talking about a remaster. We're not talking yeah, about because they already remake. did that. This is a full blown top to bottom like Final Fantasy VII Remake. I don't know. I mean, people liked Nine, but I don't know if the demand is high enough for a damn remake. I would say. 10 would be the would be yeah. the one I would go for like you said. Um this just doesn't make any sense at all. So I think that's where I get a little bit leery, especially saying fall 2023. Uh, n- no fucking way. Not a fucking chance. Um Final Fantasy Tactics remaster, I'd love to see it. Uh it would make sense along with the pixel remaster work they're doing, so I could see that happening. Final Fantasy 103 stop again. <laughs> right here. Uh nah, son. This is not happening. Um there's no way. That would be laughable. Because, I mean, you're going to have Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X-2 um, that you've only made an HD version of, and you're going to make a whole sequel to that all these years later. Um, no, it ain't happening. Um, so I, I don't think that's a possibility at now, all. I'd be stunned if it was. Um, now, a quick Google search does show many articles over the past couple of years Talking about the rumored X3 story. For example, Game Former has an article, X3 story is already written. This is back in two, uh, 2021. But I mean, mm. you know, I, I, I again, if Square does did this, man, here's the thing about fentanyl fentanyl <laughs> is a dangerous <laughs> substance. 
you can't be taking that shit and trying to create game projects, man. Like that I, would be the it'd just saying, be a weird way to because you got to think they're also making like the next Kingdom Hearts thing and yeah. like ah ah I don't know, man. Um, but anyways, Nomura, said, Nomura has said that the Final Fantasy X three plot exists. But he's not sure if he's too excited to make that. Uh, and then he said about well, Final Fantasy X being brilliant, so he would rather just go back to that. So that yeah. that that maybe that's where this is stemming from. There's one story. It's actually one story that has been repeated over and over about mm. the story already being written, and it just goes back to Nomura saying that there is a story in place for X uh, for Ten Three if it were to happen. But apparently that's not the case. So already this is sounding like some more major bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, if they do it, I mean, it's Final Fentanyl is what they're making. Cause this Somebody is seems to be backing up a damn dump truck, <laughs> and it ain't my it, wife. He, <laughs> ah, okay, he's here for this bullshit-ass leak that we got about Final Fantasy. He's here to put that in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> um, all right. Um, that's going to do it for my side of the hit points, Pablo. You are up next. Tag in yeah. and tell me what you got. Well... Marco, do you know about this little uh, game called The Last of Us? Well, they made it into a show. Listen, The Last <laughs> of Us TV show is well underway on HBO. It's on, it only second to House of Dragon with a 4.7 million viewership in its premiere episode and now has over 10 million views in just two days after it released. And also, it has the most views in Latin America, even beating that of House of Dragon premiere, so that's pretty mm. cool. Uh, maybe some slight spoilers ahead, but I am super curious as to how we're feeling about the show so far. Do we like the casting, the way they're pacing it out? Are you excited about the rest of the season's potential, Marco? Um, yeah, generally, um, I thought the first episode was pretty great. Um, I think that the show as a whole... Um, is off to a really good start when it comes to laying down the foundation of what exactly is going on. Right. Um, I like the fact that they have followed uh, a good portion of the way that the game is paced and structured uh, mm -hmm. in terms of the story beats. I think that was a smart idea. And I like that they um, elected to kind of add more content around those story beats to kind of give yeah. an expanded look into the relationship with Joel and his daughter and um, a little bit more of the test Joel dynamic that we can, you know, kind of uh, latch on to. So I like that they're kind of building outward uh, with what's already there as the foundation instead of, you know, doing what a lot of um, adaptations do, which is we're just going to we're just inspired by the IP. We're just inspired. Oh, we're not going to follow it. We're just inspired by it. And you get some weird warped version of something that just Halo. Yeah. I mean, Master Cheeks is what you get out of that. You know what I mean? So I think that the fact that they're staying so true to this is great. Um, as far as the casting goes, I think Ellie is, is uh, doing a great job so far. I think Pedro uh, as Joel is a good one, too, although I think that he is a bit more tame. Uh, of a character. I think they're leaning more into like post-trauma with him yep. than they are with like him being an asshole like he is in the game. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of episodes left to kind of see how his character arc, you know, unfolds. Um, but I think for me so far, I thought that this was a really, really good sh uh, show yep. uh, with a lot of very emotional moments that even though I've seen it in the game a million times, like it just hit a little bit different for me uh, with live action. So I'm, I'm a happy Absolutely. camper so far. 
Yeah, same here. Uh, yeah, and I agree with everything you're saying. Um, I, I, what I like about it is when you're playing the game, you're playing as Joel's soul. Everything you see is through Joel's perspective. So I, it, it makes a lot of sense uh, that they have now, they're now showing you what we know happened in 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 the in the the game you know with, with everything happening with Tess and how everything with Robert went down we are actually seeing stuff like that so every change that they've made and every addition they've made has been absolutely fantastic uh and 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 a trough as Tess you know i think she plays her a little bit more hard and a little bit more you know she's a little tougher than than mm-hmm. Tess was uh but definitely seems like she controls Joel almost like a mother figure even though they are in the relationship she's like you know almost like She's taming him. Like you're, you're right in that he's a lot more tamed. But I feel like I think that there's a rage inside of him, which which we've seen already, and that yeah. she controls him in that way. You know, she's like, I would like you very much. I would like you to hurt him very much. You know, kind of like releasing the hounds on on, on Robert in that way. So, and they also mentioned I, that Robert was like afraid of him. You know, yeah, at yeah, some, yeah. At some so, point, which is different. So there's something there's something there with him that we haven't that we probably haven't quite seen. And like you said, there's a lot of season left. Um, uh, but yeah, man, I, I I think that the casting is right on. I think Bella Ramsey is Ellie. I think I think that could have it's the hardest one to pull off. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the way that she spirit she's in spirit a lot like Ellie from the game, but even more so more tough uh, and more like. Uh, she just she pretends to be more tough at the very least because of the situation that she's in. Uh, I like I like that about her. I I I enjoy that quite quite a bit. Uh, so far so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tommy uh, as Diego Luna I think that's his name. I, I forget the guy's name. Um, but anyway, oh no, Gabriel Luna. Tommy is legitimately pitch perfect. If you close your eyes, he sounds exactly like Tommy, which is kind of <laughs> terrifying. I wasn't expecting that. I thought they were gonna do a little bit of their own kind of thing. I thought uh, this is and this isn't a complaint, not at all. I just thought they were gonna lean in on the on the Hispanic uh, part of Joel since he's Pedro Pascal is like Hispanic mm-hmm. and so is G- uh, Gabriel Luna. So I thought they were gonna do that. I'm ha- I'm actually glad they didn't. I'm you know I'm glad that <laughs> they're not like, hey man, let's get out of here. I, not that I think <laughs> they're gonna do that at all, but like I'm glad that, that it, it's ambiguous. It's it's it doesn't yeah. matter because you're in this world now where there is none of that. Like it's just it's fight for survival. So, uh, so when Tommy started talking, uh, Gabriel Luna's Tommy came out. I was like. The fuck? This sounds just like Tommy. <laughs> but man, I love it, man. I, I yep. it's great. It's great. I'm so excited for the future of, of the of the show. There, I would stay away from Twitter. There are already rumors out there saying that see, uh, episode three is the best episode of television that we've ever gotten from HBO ever is what people are saying. So already you got expectations that are never gonna hit because come yeah. on, fucking the wires. A lot of hyperbole the there. Of yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. So. Yeah, man. But I can't wait for more. This is exactly the way a an adaptation should be. It's love for the mm-hmm. for, for the source material. They're showing so much love, uh, and you know, there's little stuff that that we saw that I, you know, some videos that you see out there. Those little details that they show are just so fucking perfect. I love it. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Second uh, part of uh, story that I have here is a leaked image of Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League has finally confirmed the long-standing speculation that the game is actually a game-as-service, or at the very least, something similar to the genre. The leaked image was taken down with a copyright claim, which proves that it probably is legit. With Suicide Squad just four months away, why is Rocksteady trying to obfuscate the fact that the game is multiplayer-focused a game-as-service? With the failures of the Avengers and, and critically panned Gotham Knights, it seems like the it seems like a calculated move on their part for sure. Uh, Marco, what are the chances that Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League is any good? 
And will this game be de- dead on arrival? Or, or, or does Rock City have enough industry cachet for us to give them the benefit of the doubt? Um, what have you done for me lately is the <laughs> first thing that comes to mind about this whole situation. Um, boy, Rocksteady gets a lot of free passes because of Batman. And yeah. boy, was that a great run that they had that last all those years sucked, ago. In my opinion. Yeah, it's a long time ago, though. And a lot of um, developmental troubles have, have seemingly troubles. happened since then. Pablo's just going to troll me all the way through this. <laughs> What's fucked up is I can hardly hear any of his little ad libs until I listen back to the episode. I'm like, this motherfucker's in here singing while I'm talking. Um, so here's the thing. Um, I think that they have um, a lot of problems right now because you've been gone for a while. You're back. After a long waiting period, we think we're going to get something earnest from you, and we get something that is games as a service. Well, all right. Can a games as a service game thrive and work out in in this era? It can, but the degree of difficulty is sky high. Um, And are you somehow, some way, going to have the kind of roadmap, the kind of microtransaction support and and it are, are you gonna here, let's just call it like this are you gonna be full of fuckery or are you gonna yeah. do this in, in, a, in a in a good way like that's that's basically what this is if i if i want to cut through all the bullshit and i have no indication uh based on who rocksteady is that they are going to do right by us in making this as games as a service game. I had no plan on buying this game anyway. And not, right. not necessarily just because of Rocksteady, because I'm not a big comic guy. Um, I am absolutely not buying this game now. Um, because no I just don't need, I don't need to fight through a games of service structure for an IP that I don't necessarily have an attachment to. Um, and, you know, again, the room for error is so great. Um, when it, when it comes to making games like these, so many of them fail or flop or get, you know, they, they get the plug pulled on them. And then all of a sudden a year in, um, we're going to be sunsetting, you know? So I, I I don't, I don't, it doesn't bode well in my brain about this game, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that this is, um, this is, they're all about their bullshit. They are, they're not going to, they're not going, they are here to make money because why else would you see the history that, for example, Bioware has had with that abandoning everything they made them great to make Anthem and then them just kind of do the same thing. Listen, let's, let's not forget here that the founders of Rocksteady have left the company. Let's not forget that Rocksteady has technically been working on this game for seven plus years. Let's not forget the fact that this game is four months away and we've not seen gameplay. We've not seen it in action. And now we have this whole thing uh, showing us that it's not only is it, um, is it multiplayer, because I was hoping that maybe it was more like Gardens of the Galaxy. You know, you take control of one guy and then there's more of a story nope not only is it is it is it multiplayer it's also a game as service and it has a battle pass fuck you like it's just it's absolutely insane i cannot for the life of me think of a game not called destiny 2 
that is PvE and not a battle royale that's been successful in the last decade. I can't think of any. So the fact that they've they've decided that this was their next game, that they decided that this was their next project, it was going to be a game as service, off rip already kind of shows me where their priorities at. And it's not about telling the story. It's not about making the next rock steady uh, superhero game. It is very clearly them trying to tap into these into, into the game as service uh, uh you know money pit that only destiny has been able to kind of collect so it's it's crazy and i think we have to stop kind of thinking about that this might be the one that hits this might be the one that hits we're 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 over here kind of repeating the same thing it's definition of insanity we're, we're, we're taking the the entire um the entire aspect of throwing shit on the wall and seeing what sticks this is crazy to me. This is legitimately crazy. And I don't think that Rocksteady has enough cachet in the industry for us to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've been working on this game for so, uh, almost an entire decade and this is what they got to show us? There's no way. Like, there's just no way that this is this was their project. This is the thing that creatively they were wanting to do. It's not... It's. It, I don't believe it. That's why the Rocksteady guys left. That's why it, 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 we haven't seen it. And in, in, in even though it is just only four months away, this is a disaster. And I think that it's going to be a lot like Avengers. I think people are going to come out. People are going to try to defend it a little bit. And they're just going to go ahead and forget about it until it's 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 mm-hmm. done. Um, and I think that's it for Rocksteady. I, I, I think that this is kind of like the... I mean, what, what's next? I mean, I don't trust them making anything else. I really don't. They'll have to do a lot of what Bioware is doing, which is going back to to the roots and 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 hoping that hoping that their next project brings them back to the glory days. Uh, but man, this is uh, this is sad. I, there's there's nothing about this that's interesting to me in any way, shape, or form. So yeah, to answer I mean, the, my own question, dead on arrival for sure. Yeah, I, you know the thing about it is like Gotham Knights was. And this is going to be a little bit of a backwards explanation, but Gotham Knights was a sheep in wolf's clothing, right? right. Because, and I'm, I said that on purpose because it looked like it was going to be a game to service, but it wasn't, right? So mm-hmm. it looked more menacing than what it actually was. This is like the the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Yeah, because yeah. oh, it's Rocksteady, and Rocksteady made some of the best Batman games of all time. They 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 know what they're doing, and man, you better hope you're right because uh, you know, I mean, if this fails for them. I don't know what they're going to do, and we're sure as hell not going to see it in a long time when it comes to their development cycles being the way yeah. that they are now. Uh, so, hey, you know what? I, I don't I don't care if you try to make a game to service, but if you bomb, it's on you. You can't blame it on the community. You've got to blame it on yourself. You knew what the yep. risk was when you stepped in this domain and tried to give us a games of service title. So if it flops, it's not on the community. It's not because people were too pessimistic that you did a games of service. It's, it's probably because it was bad and it didn't fit the um it, it didn't even fit the 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 core essence of what your game even was when it feels like right. it's kind of shoehorned in or it's just like thrown in as an afterthought to kind of you know let's let's throw some cosmetic bullshit in there and let's see if that gets the fans you know like if it feels like that then man it is gonna also, die and also disingenuous because of the way they showed that game they never hinted that it was a game as service like usually you would want to to, to come out and 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 start promoting that early on. That's a good point. You want, you want the audience to, to to know what they're getting into. You want them to to get hype. But they know what they're doing. They know yeah, that it took if, a leak to figure this out, man. Yeah, they know that if they come out and they get 
a couple of hundreds of thousands of people to, to, to pay for the battle pass. They'll probably make a good chunk of change, and then they'll write off, they'll, like you said, they'll sunset the game, and then they, they themselves write, write off to the sunset. Listen, yeah. a game is about to come out, and your founders leave, and then their, their, their thing was, oh, the game is in good hands. It's pretty much done, so there's nothing for us left. To, no way, dude. You guys are trying to get away from the shitstorm that's about to, to engulf uh, Rocksteady here in a few months. Um, what, did yeah, we, man. what did we predict this was going to get in our predictions? Let me let me look at that real quick. You, I would like you to said 78, to I said 80. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd like to change my answer to 7. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to pull a Pablo and give you the win already because <laughs> I'm just going to pick you as the winner. We did this last time with Forspoken. Uh, Pablo gave me the W already. I'm going to give you the W yeah. for this one because it's there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I, and I hate to no be way. that guy, but you know, for them and to look, withhold this until it gets leaked and then not even acknowledge it, now we're just going to copyright claim you and we're going to try to keep this bundled for as long as we can. Like what the fuck are you doing? So yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's and not just, it's not uh, a good look. And just because you brought it up, Forspoken, uh, major publications will not be getting review codes. So th- your look, your win is looking real good right now. I don't know. I mean, unless they just give the review codes to the people that they know are going to give them high scores, then I will get screwed. Uh, and you will win somehow, nah, but man. maybe the, not the in the long looks, game though. We'll see. Yeah, maybe not the long game. But anyway, yeah, that's all, man. All right. That's all I got. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the main event of the show that we call the Checkpoint Chat. It's time for the Checkpoint Chat. All right, Pablo, I want to go back in time 10 years at a time when you and I did not have double chins and when uh, we did not have kids and we were young, youthful, and we had hope in life uh it's a decent year in 2013 uh and especially so on the gaming front pablo but uh in the 10 years since 2013 um you know hindsight is 2020 so uh we are going to look back at the year 2013 to uh kind of provide an updated list of our personal top 10 games of that year uh along with five honorable mentions so uh, if you follow the show for a good while, you kind of know how our top 10 lists work. I'm not going to bother explaining that too much, but we have our honorable mentions, five to be exact, and of course we have our top 10 games. Um, so, Pablo, um, mm-hmm. let's not waste any time here. I think I'm ready to kick... I'm going to go first, if that's okay. all right with you. Yeah, go um, for it. And we're going to obviously start with our honorable mentions here. Um, so... My uh, bottoming out my honorable mentions is an interesting game called Rise, Son of Rome. Mm. Um, I've had a love-hate relationship with this yeah. game, Pablo, uh, over the years because I, I hated the game because of how much it was uh, tethered to connect at the time. And it was that right. gimmicky game of <laughs> you can say commands. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why it's my voice for everything. But, um, but at the same time, I think that game had an interesting story. Uh, that I actually kind of enjoyed a, a good bit. And even though the combat was fairly repetitive after a while, I did like that it was such a, a visceral type of combat and um, and very gory and all that good stuff. So uh, not enough to make my top 10, but something that I thought was a decent little honorable mention there. Yeah, I love, I love um, that game. I would love to see that game remade or, or a sequel to it because I thought it was... Yeah. It, it's good, yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, my fourth honorable mention coming in at the, I guess this will be the 14 spot, is uh, DMC, Devil May Cry. Uh, a lot of people gave this game a lot of shit when it was first announced because it was like an emo Dante with short hair and not it wasn't white, it was black hair and all this dumb, this dumb stuff. Uh, but I think Ninja Theory did a great job with this game. Um, I, I went back to it late, uh, late last year just to kind of dabble. Um, it doesn't hold up as well as I thought it did, but I think the combat is still a decent time. Um, but, uh, overall to me, it, even though I enjoyed it a lot and there are moments that I, that I do remember as being really fun, uh, particularly with level design, uh, I do feel like some of that game's writing and storytelling was a little bit on the forgettable side for me. Uh, so that's why it's an honorable mention on my list. Um, coming in at my, uh, next honorable mention spot is another Capcom game, uh, that is Dead Rising 3. Uh, another, I think this was a launch title for Xbox One, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. Again, had a little bit of Connect integration foolery, but I think despite that, I think it's actually my favorite Dead Rising of the series, which is probably an unpopular opinion. Um, but I really enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was a good time. I thought it, at at the time it was a really neat, you know. Um, uh, showing of, of what the new hardware capabilities could be, uh, you know, for Xbox. So I really enjoyed the game a lot. I thought it was a super good time. And um, like I said, it's the one that I, I always think back on the most fondly when I think of that series. And I secretly like to see that series come back somehow, some way, even though I'm not sure how they would do so with zombie games kind of being a little worn out uh, in recent times. But and, and the, still love it. And the correct answer is Dead Rising 4 as the best in the series. No, I'm just kidding. And that's why you're wrong as fuck. Uh, <laughs> Diablo 2, Diablo 3, actually, correction, is my uh, next honorable mention. I love Diablo. I was a late bloomer with Diablo most of my life. Um, but uh, 3 to me was, was to me, it was, it was so much better than 2 for me personally because of the quality of life improvements. Uh, and just the, uh, I, I enjoyed the replayability a little bit more than 2. And I know, again, I'm in the minority there, but it's fine. I just think that uh, 3 for me was something that caught me by surprise. Uh, and I just couldn't put it down, you know, so uh, I got a lot of good use out of it. When it came to Switch in particular, for some reason, I just gravitated it to it twice as much. And I, uh, I have to say that in my hindsight, Diablo 3 is a pretty fun time. Uh, and my last honorable mention is SteamWorld Dig. Uh, this is an indie title that um, many people have not played before, but I think SteamWorld Dig 1 and 2 specifically uh, are, are two of my favorite indie titles ever, uh, or among the, my favorites yeah. ever. Addictive gameplay, yeah. um, just a clever idea for its time, and uh, the gameplay always felt good, and the world uh, was always cool and interesting to me. Uh, it just wasn't enough to crack my top 10, but I love that game to pieces. So those are my honorable mentions, Pablo. Uh, why don't you go ahead and jump in? Tell me what you got for your honorable mentions. Yeah, so um, starting off at 15, it's Diablo 3. It's a game that I came to last year, uh, mm-hmm. and it's great. I, I just, again, if Marco was a late bloomer, even I was even more so. I mean, I, I just never really gave this game... Uh, a, a chance honestly and then mm-hmm. kind of de- delving into it and putting plenty of hours into it it's made me it's made me a pretty big fan of the series enough to where you know Diablo 4 is is among one of my you know anticipated honorable mentions as well so uh yeah Diablo 3 is fantastic and I, and you're right I think people love 2 the aesthetic of 2 uh more but you know I, I did play the Resurrection collection too I, it's just a little too dated for me to give it a fair honest uh you know comparison but 3 is, is yeah, incredible 
yeah four uh 14 it's injustice gods among us that is the um that is the dc fighting game uh that had it's so good part two even better the story of injustice is 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 kind of what inspired uh Mortal Kombat 10 and and 11 to to have a bombast like a real story like an incredible no holds barred I'm telling you a fucking comic book type story it's great the fighting mechanics are really good too uh obviously it uses the, the Mortal Kombat kind of mechanics simple uh, but can be can be um, can be really in depth if you really wanted to. But I just love the fact that all you had all the favorite hero, heroes out there and they all played very differently. And I thought it was it's a, it's a great fighting game. I love the Injustice series. Um, and uh, number three, Dead Rising three. Um, Dead Rising three came out uh, again with the Xbox One. I got Xbox One day one. I was an early adopter. Shame on me. Uh, and I played the shit out of Dead Rising three. I thought it was fantastic. I love the weapon creation. Uh, all that stuff was awesome. And it just kind of like using at that time the power of Xbox One, having all those zombies on screen was like fucking crazy. So I love that. Uh, number two, a little low for me here, and that's only because um everything else on my list i just had a more connection to it but i i do love the telltale games and that uh, brings me to um sorry number 12 the wolf among us i uh, love the wolf among us waiting can't wait for part two big uh bigsby uh wolf and, and his story i i admittedly uh, i think episode two and three were the ones that really like got me into it uh, though i love the opening of one i just wanted it was one of those things where it took some time for me to get into uh but uh the wolf among us is great uh can't wait for more of that and then um this one that i guess will shock a lot of people because uh people i think a lot of people consider this the best in the series and that's uh assassin's creed for black flag you know revisionist history being what it is i probably had this in my top 10 when the first game uh, in 2013 right when the game came out but being as it is i think that you know i i think assassin's creed 4 black flag is a really cool game it isn't really an assassin's creed game to begin with in terms of the story and, and what that kind of does for the entire series mm. uh i i felt i feel like unity is better game i feel like uh, uh origins is the better game now uh when you compare it to black flag still great game um and i can't wait for mirage to kind of tap back into those old feeling of of, of assassin's creed games so we'll see what that hat brings this year though uh number 10 oh well, actually sorry that's it that's my uh, yeah, mentions. Mentions. i was about to go crazy keep going damn that's it all right yeah. slow your damn roll uh all right you so go, go. um that was our honorable mentions pablo but it is time to get into our top 10 official games of 2013 <laughs> in 2023 um i will go ahead and kick this off and coming in at my number 10 spot is uh, a very underappreciated game from a very underappreciated series and that is metro last light um i'm a big fan of the metro series metro to me is a great story driven uh fallout like kind of game minus a lot of like the go anywhere do anything kind of thing uh with like factions and stuff like that but it has a lot of the same makeup um metro last light in particular was um despite some of its linearity i think that that game's pacing and its overall atmosphere and writing and storytelling were top notch and uh, it's a game that I got to late, um, you know, when I finally decided to swing back around and figure out what this whole Metro thing was about. And um, coming back to it, I realized it was a really good time. Hasn't aged the best, but I don't exactly want to hold it against the game either because right. it is a product of its time. Um, but for what it was, it was a great time. So that's why it cracked my number 10 spot. 
Uh, number nine. Okay, so everybody has their free-to-play game that somehow worked for them, and uh, or at least I think so. Uh, and for me, mine was Warframe. Uh, Warframe is a free-to-play, futuristic, kind of cyber nin- cyborg ninja kind of game um, with uh, a lot of, you know, uh, awesome combat and very fluid gameplay and style. And uh, it is one of the longest reigning and best-supported free-to-play games uh, ever. Uh, it is one of the least egregious in terms of milking you for money, and it has uh, one of the best communities uh, in all of gaming that are extremely helpful uh, for newcomers. And the game is still supported to this very day with lots of amazing content that uh, you know people compare it uh, to Destiny quite often and say that it is superior. I am in that camp as well uh, because it is uh, extremely fun, and uh, it was worth checking checking it uh, checking into uh, for me and I put a lot of hours into it across many platforms so shout out to Warframe number eight for me Pablo is Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag I struggle with this one though because I think part of me harbors a little resentment towards this game because it was kind of the beginning of the end when Assassin's Creed stopped feeling so pure Assassin's Creed like um, with the pirate kind of thing going on and all that, it 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 was the beginning of the end, uh, as we came to learn later on in, in future installments. But man, did that game have a lot of personality! Um, you know, coming off the Ezio storyline and coming to this was uh, you know felt good after what I thought was a very dry ass game with Assassin's Creed Three. Um, I thought this game was oozing with charm and it just kept things fresh and interesting. Little did I know it was going to kind of spoil the rest of the series and turn it into some other shit, but still love the game. So shout out to Black Flag. Coming in at number seven for me is Hotline Miami. Um, I would never play a game like this, typically, (laughs) Um, because, you know, the one hit kill thing, start over thing, you know. Uh, not 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 gonna do it for me but this game was just so weird and so warped and so cool whether it was the visual aesthetic or the the amazing soundtrack or just how gory and brutal the gameplay was that i just couldn't put this thing down it it really really drew me in in ways that i wasn't expecting it to and i i fell in love with it so um it's 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 weird it's bizarre it's cryptic it's unsettling but it's awesome at the same time and to me it has stood the test of time uh on my personal list of games of 2013 Coming in at number six, the standalone expansion for Far Cry 3 called Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Uh, this game is hilarious. It is a awesome 80s-inspired, uh, retro-futuristic take on the Far Cry formula. And Michael Bean! It- it was amazing. Uh, I, I enjoyed every part of this game from beginning to end. Uh, it's one of the few games that can make me laugh. It's one of the few games that, um, to me, really you know, committed to a weird aesthetic that for its time wasn't really tapped into a lot. And the music soundtrack and all that stuff from a, a, an artist by the name of Power Glove, to, to me, it was, it was amazing stuff. So I always think back on that game fondly, and that's why it cracked my top ten. Um, getting into top five territory here, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Um, this game kind of bounced around my list for a while, uh, but I, I landed at five. Um, and it's not really for anything that the game did wrong. I think the game is is 
incredible. It was peak Platinum Games. Uh, the combat was in, in, in insanely good. Um, Raiden being the main character was something that I actually didn't know I wanted, and then I got it and I loved it. Um, and the story for as whacked out as it was to me, it just hit, it just, it just did something for me. And it still felt like a metal gear game in, in a, in a strange way too. So I didn't have a lot of problems with this game. Um, you know, I just think that other games on this list of mine, just it outshined it somehow. And, uh, speaking of which my number four game of 2013 is a game we talked about at the top of the show. And that is persona Four golden. Um, the writing, the, the characters, the storytelling, the combat, and the style of this game, while it was, of course, surpassed by Persona 5 in some areas, I think, as we said at the top of this, some things that Persona 4 Golden does still hold up remarkably well and are even better than its uh, successor. And, uh, and I think that its re-release has been a, a great reminder of that for many of us. Um, I love this game to pieces. I am obsessed with it just like Pablo is. And even though you know it might seem like recency bias, it really isn't because the greatness of this game has been well known and revered for many years. Um, so I'm just going to give it some love and put it at the four spot. Uh, top three time for me and coming in at number three is The Wolf Among Us. Uh, this to me is the best written game that Telltale ever put together. I love the universe uh, that, that it's depicting, um, and uh, you know the way that this game uses fairy tale characters and repurposes them and makes them uh, live in this grimy New York. And you know some of the characters you thought were dainty little princesses are whoring themselves out to the night. <laughs> Uh, you know, and the big bad wolf is turned into a detective and, you know, it just flips a lot of that stuff on its head in the coolest way possible. And I just think that their rendition of that book, uh, through this game was brilliant stuff. So that's why it's my number three coming in at number two, surprisingly, uh, is Grand Theft Auto five. Um, I have finished Grand Theft Auto V five times uh, across Xbox and PlayStation, and that's not a coincidence. I think I just something about this game's uh, story uh, to me with the characters and switching between them, and uh, just how well realized um, that that whole whole area was was just something incredible to me. Um, I'm not a big GTA Online guy, so that's why, you know, it, that's not a factor in this ranking. It's more so because of the single player, but I just think that that game single player is is, is just top notch, and, and it came out again last year for uh, next-gen consoles, and I beat it again, and it's still good. So, I had to, I had to you know, it, it might not be the cool pick for number two, but it had to be mine just because of how much time I've, I've dumped into that game over the years. Um... But coming in at number one, uh, which is a foregone conclusion for me, is The Last of Us. Um, this to me is, you know, right up there, I think, at number two in my favorite games of all time list. Uh, it, it's to me, it's ironclad as uh, one of, if not the best written game ever. Um, the characters, the emotion, the moments, the, um, you know, the, the edge of your seat you know, experiences going up against the clickers, uh, how, how ingenious the, the rendition of a post-apocalyptic zombie kind of world was at the time. Um, and just the attachment that we've had over the years with these characters, um, I think has, has withstood the test of time. And, you know, last year's remake was, uh, another great reminder of how, 
uh, timeless this game's story and characters truly are. Uh, so I, I, I could not have put any other game at number one for this year uh, because Joel and Ellie captured my heart and uh, they always will. And I'm glad that more and more people these days through the TV show and the remake are getting a chance to experience what I got a chance to experience all those years ago. So that's my number one. Yeah, that's a good list. Um, mine, uh, you know, we have some similarities, and and and, and obviously we don't. But we'll, you got I'm a terrible number the, ten, though. You got a terrible number ten. Yeah. Though. So my number ten, <laughs> Bioshock Infinite. Listen, pretentious and ridiculous, mid and repetitive gameplay, and yet my love for this game cannot be taken from me. The moment from the moment you go up to Rapture and the doors open, and there's a voice. Uh, saying hallelujah for no fucking reason and you wading through some water people praying in their cultist robes right down to the obvious ham-fisted commentary on racism uh i and it's old america obsession i i i love this game man i i think that i understand why this game is uh disliked by so many people i the rifts in time showing alternative moments in time that stuff is cool i like the music the uh the 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 barbershop quartet inspired versions of the beach boys uh i love booker dewitt and elizabeth i love this bonkers ending i love that i laughed when i was supposed to be crying um i i love that i well i took away uh from most incredible ridiculousness uh but it was it just was it just was a moment in time for me where i really enjoyed enjoyed what they were putting down even though i was loving it for different reasons and i was almost laughing at ken levine uh rather than uh, than, than crying with him but uh it it, it, it the emotionality it, it it evoked in me was just pure happiness just to be in that world uh even though it was utterly insane now I, I will say that the dlc behind it uh lost at sea stuff is actually really good um you know they, they go back to the roots in that and that 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 almost damn near uh makes the existence of this game um palatable but not for me i i love i love Bioshock. i do i love the way i love b movies completely like so bad it's good type of thing but it, it's so funny because of the <laughs> so many things that they do in this game is just ridiculous but I, I love it i love it with all my heart uh number nine for me is shock some people it's actually grand theft auto 5 uh i know that's all on my list uh but it did still make it i i i just never was a huge fan of this game i have to admit that to myself a while back i didn't really like this story i didn't find any kind of it particularly interesting and i felt like a lot of it was just trying to rehash vice city san andreas with michael and um and and uh, franklin uh and uh didn't go deep enough in exploring what a tr- character like trevor could have been instead we just got like a mindless psychopath with zero redeeming qualities and the game barely had anyone uh, it had nobody to root for everybody in that game was like shitty and i know that's what gta does but i mean you you do have you do fall in love with like nico bellick and, and and um and tommy versetti but for me i just never found that to be the case uh but here here's why it's on my list because the open world of that game the sandbox of it all the 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 sheer attention to detail is still to this day almost unrivaled i mean i i know that uh red dead redemption 2 did it with its world but i mean we're talking about a modern setting it's it's absolutely astounding and while i don't like playing the story of the game i love playing the game itself i i I like just getting in there and and just just riding to the streets and, and kind of falling into these little side things and seeing these little things that you can do through 
throughout the world. It is so amazing. And even and I did factor in the 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 um the online stuff though. I know it launched a little shitty, but just going in there with a friend in the open like just uh just like the open map, you know, no just kind of free roam man that shit is so fun just chaos just kind of riding down the street doing nothing just kind of crashing into cars all of a sudden there's a helicopter flying above you there's a convenience store to the right being uh being robbed little stuff like that it it is purely just a fun game to play though the reasons that i like playing grand theft auto games is because of the story i'm a huge fan of grand theft auto 4 and grand theft auto vice city love those stories to pieces love those characterizations of those uh personalities i never got that here from grand theft auto 5 but i do love the game itself and it is for me uh probably still the best open world kind of sandbox game out there uh hoping grand theft auto 6 delivers um number eight splinter cell blacklist i think it's an underrated uh, Splinter Cell game. I think uh, it, it came out the month that I, Xbox came out, or a month before Xbox came out, and PlayStation uh, 4 came out. So it, it, it kind of got lost in, in the shuffle because it didn't yeah. come to next gen consoles for quite a while. Uh, I think this is the ultimate Splinter Cell experience. It took everything that they learned from Conviction and then they kind of put in the, the original Splinter Cell formula right into that, and it really took off for me. I, I, I love the gameplay. I, I remember very clearly that the Michael Ironside along longer being the voice of Sam Fisher seemed like the biggest oh no but I think you know I think Eric Johnson's portrayal of the character was fine and it, it, it worked for what they were trying to do they were trying to make the character a little younger because they were trying to spin off Blacklist into another trilogy I get it but I do miss Michael Ironside and, I, and if they do make more Splinter Cell it better be Michael Ironside made Sam Fisher younger and younger with every game I know ridiculous. I know that, that shit was Benjamin so ridiculous yeah it really Sick was of. Uh, but I, I love that game so much I mean it came out I think last year the year before that finally on on next-gen consoles uh, in terms of being backwards compatible, played it. I think it still holds up pretty good. I I, I really enjoyed my time with that game, and it makes my number eight here. Uh, my number seven, DMC Devil May Cry. Marco had it in his um, in his uh, honorable mentions. Uh, for all the reasons he liked it, I, I loved it even more. Uh, I think that the boss fights were super dope, specifically the newsman boss fight. Uh, how they use the character and what they do in, and they implement that into the boss fight. It, it just It's really great. I think... Uh, uh, they, they obviously they went back to the original kind of storyline with DMC uh, with Devil May Cry 5 but I, I feel like a lot of the DNA even though it's not the same company make it but I feel like a lot of like the bombast of Devil May Cry and just like the ridiculousness really made it over to to the games even though those games were always a little ridiculous I, I think that Devil May Cry de- DMC Devil May Cry definitely jumped the shark a little bit when it comes to just absolute insanity I mean the game opens up with a huge explosion and, and Dante flying through the through the air in slow motion enough time to put it in putting on a, a Dante original uh, Devil May Cry wig and just kind of throwing it off, pissing off the fans even more. Uh, but love DMC, uh, Devil May Cry. Number six, Sly Cooper, Thieves in Time. The return of Sly Cooper was huge for me eight years later. Uh, eight years after Honor Among Thieves, the series felt the series felt like it, like I remember feeling. Um, playing through that was amazing. I... I loved it. I always loved it, but I think these in time really got me really nostalgic and reignited my love for the series in a way that I'm still waiting for the next uh, Sly Cooper game to, to come out. I think these in time is fantastic, uh, and it's a shame that it is. Um, it's a shame that that that, that franchise seems to be dead in the water. Uh, mm. At one time or the other, I think my number five might have been my number two game uh, just when it came out, but that's Tomb Raider. Uh, mm. Speaking of dead franchises, uh, this game came out and revitalized uh, Tomb Raider in a way that I wasn't expecting. I know 
you know, rumors coming into it and previews coming into it was like, this is a more realistic approach and, and, and vibe of Tomb Raider. But even then, when I started playing the game, I realized how different it was from its, uh, from its, uh, you know, predecessor. Uh, it definitely, I know that Uncharted took a lot from Tomb Raider, but Tomb Raider definitely took a lot from Uncharted. And I think that's a good thing. I, I think that the sequels that spar- that sp- spun off Tomb Raider are better. Uh, but yeah. I, I really love Tomb Raider. I thought it was, uh, fantastic. It was at the time a graphical powerhouse. The hit Laura's uh, uh, Laura Croft's hair was like incredible, like amazing. You know, like, <laughs> for for a little while it was like the the the, the PC version. Can your PC run Tomb Raider? You know, with the X mm. whatever on and her hair fl- flying through the air and all that shit. I, honestly, I'll be so I'll, I'll be honestly, I'm surprised it didn't make even your honorable mentions. I know that uh, I, I I know you have your problems with some of that series, but Tomb Raider being there, I just I, I thought it would at least make your honorable mentions. But yeah, Tomb Raider cool. just never didn't it, it never did it for me. I played them all. I just thought yeah. they were cool. They were fine. You know, I, I didn't I didn't have that. You know, and I I have. The, the history of Tomb Raider, you know, I do have right, that nostalgia of the old school games. Just, I don't know, for some reason they just didn't do a lot for me. I think I was kind of annoyed at like, you know, oh, it's the relic that does this thing. And it's it's the constant like, you know, oh, the secret tomb with the thing that opens up that thing, which is a map that shows us where to go next. You know, it, it, to me, felt yeah. very formulaic. I just couldn't get into it. Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and, I, and I hear what you're saying, but I am a sucker for all that stuff. And I understand Ugh. it because Uncharted 4 was that all over the place, and I love Uncharted Four, uh, but I get I get what you mean for sure. But at the time, I thought it was great. But even as revisionist history, even thinking about it now, I, I really do enjoy that game quite a bit. The moments of this, there's moments in this game that I still kind of like uh, think about it and I still love. Uh, but here we go, uh, number four, Super Mario 3D World. I think when it comes to 3D Mario games, Galaxy is probably considered king of the world in that part. Uh, but I, I would say that right behind it is uh, Super Mario 3D World. I think a lot of people got to experience it uh, two years ago with Bowser plus um, uh, Bowser Fury, uh, 3D World plus Bowser Fury. Yeah. Uh, I, I love, I love the way that this went back to its traditional roots without any kind of like, uh, uh, like gravity gimmick. I think 3D Mario goes after Mario 64's and it takes it without an issue benefiting from like crisp controls incredible level design add to that some really cool innovations with the cat suit and in ways that they 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 change some like the tanaki and the fireball all that stuff really worked really great uh and uh three mario world is absolutely incredible i think it i honestly think it's underrated um i know that we talk about mario games and, and i know odyssey everybody loves odyssey i think 3d mario world is, is is better than odyssey and i don't even think it's close to be quite mm. honest with you uh uh, but that's just me. Number three, oh, I'm a Zelda fan, so this I would be remiss if there wasn't a Zelda game on my list. But I generally love this game. That's a link between worlds. Uh, the most underrated Legend of Zelda game of all time, in my opinion. While Breath of the Wild changed the way you play and you think of, of Legend of Zelda, I think games like Ocarina of Time might have revolutionized the series, but a link between worlds changed the formula up in a unique way. It might not be what... It might not do what Ocarina Time did. It might not do what Breath of the Wild did. But I think for, for that moment, when you get to play that game and then you turn into a painted 2D version of Link and you're able to traverse the map through cracks in, 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 in the walls, through dungeons, 
as painted on onto the actual wall itself. I think those little mechanics like that are super charming, super beautiful game to look at. I I think that um, it draws a lot of its inspiration from A Link to the Past, but it's definitely its own unique entry into the series. And it's a shame that that game is, seems to be stuck on 3DS because of some of the dual screen stuff. I would love for them to kind of touch that and remake uh, A Link Between Worlds like they did Link's Awakening. I think Link's Awakening is one of the weaker Link uh, Zelda games, so A Link Between Worlds a remake in that in that vein oh my god that'd be absolutely amazing and i think a lot of people would benefit from actually getting to play this game because i don't even know if you played this game marco nope. um and I, I i i think a lot of people that that are either um never had a 3ds or just didn't really play a lot of nintendo games gave this game a chance because of how different it was when that game was first revealed people were kind of like oh they they thought that they were going to get another hardcore zelda game um but it's, it's 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 amazing and I love it. Uh, my number two, Metal Gear Rising: <laughs> Revengeance, an under I would say an underrated masterpiece within the world of Metal Gear games. Uh, I think Platinum Games at full power back in the day, taking Raiden and leveling him up to like a thousand. Some of the some of the most iconic boss fights in Metal Gear series in, in the game, from Jet Street Sam to you actually fighting the President of the United States atop of uh, Metal Gear, is absolutely breathtaking and incredible. I I went back to that game last year. I <laughs> I think it was so it's so dope uh, it's funny because Kojima gave that game to Platinum saying hey see what you can do with this I don't know if you guys can can make something of it and he was pleasantly surprised with what they did I think they surpassed a lot of what he thought they were going to do and in many ways it surpasses a lot of Kojima's Metal Gear games in terms of its story uh, I, I love it uh, the way that you know the action is done in that game with the, with the blades and how you can slow time down and just cut things in a whole bunch of diagonal yeah. different kind of ways. That stuff is super awesome. There is a rumor going around right now that Metal Gear Rising Revengeance is getting a remake um, uh, by Platinum Games. You know, that doesn't seem so enticing because Platinum Games uh, has given us... Uh, you know, Bayonetta three, uh, Balan uh, Wonderworld, and they just and no, uh, not Balan Wonderworld, no, 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 no uh, uh, Babylon's Fall, Babylon's Fall, yeah, yeah, which was absolutely horrific, a game that didn't even last six months before is being sunsetted, <laughs> as Barker would say. Uh, but yeah, man, it's it's. I would love to see this game remade for sure, but as is, mm-hmm. it's pretty. It's a pretty fucking fantastic game. And my number one, no surprise here, is The Last of Us. Uh, this game was always my number one. I couldn't find my 2013 list. I just found tweets that I, might, I had. And for me, 2013 was a year of Last of Us, Metal Gear, Revengeance, and Tomb Raider. But The Last of Us mm-hmm. was always my number one game at, at the time. So, And it is an achievement in storytelling. I'm not going to tell you anything you already know about this game. Uh, stands the test of time as evident by the HBO making it a, se- a series in 2023. Uh, it's not. It's one of the best stories in told the video game, as cliche as that might sound, but it has some of the best characters in gaming. It's an incredible experience, a game that will live in my top 10 of all time, probably all time. Uh, and that's uh, that's it. Those are my 10. All right. Yeah, it was a good time, man. It's always fun to go back and revisit the history books to see, uh, you know, what, what kind of hits us different all these years later. Yeah. Uh, we thought about doing 2003, but that was kind of a weird year in gaming, so we ended <laughs> up skipping a, a decade. It was a bad year. It was a bad yeah, year. Yeah, I was, I was going to be generous, but it was like three games and a lot of eh uh, to talk about. 2013 is a banger year, man. Yeah, it was a solid year. I got I got to say it was definitely an exciting year for gaming for sure. Hopefully uh 2023 will be uh just as good. But uh that is going to do it for this week's show. 
Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, please be sure to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Hive at its cooldown time to keep us in your FOV. Uh, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Make me feel.